Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Dr. Sherry Ah, a leading holistic health practitioner in New York City. She's a doctor of Chinese medicine, licensed acupuncturist, and board-certified herbalist with decades of experience treating patients globally. Dr. Off is the co-founder of Within, the first omni-channel brand for modern wellness rooted in Chinese medicine with a mission to help people feel their best from within. The New York-based wellness studio focuses on making traditional Chinese medicine more accessible for all. In this episode, we dive into all the ways we can take better care of ourselves, both at her New York City studio and at our homes. Dr. Sherry shares some of her favorite signature treatments from acupuncture and cupping to facial rejuvenation, one of my new favorites, facial cupping, ear seeds for acupressure, as well as her favorite herbal formulas. I absolutely love talking with Dr. Sherry about her approach to making traditional Chinese medicine more accessible. Keep listening to learn more. Dr. Sherry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to be here. So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is to help our consumers thrive on their wellness journey. And with all of your healing background, I'm so excited to dive in to everything that you're doing today, but I'd love to start with your own wellness journey, really how you got started in all of these healing fields. And then ultimately what led you to start within my wellness journey began quite young. I grew up in the eighties and there really wasn't a wellness scene, but I was really interested in Eastern culture, Eastern philosophies, a more natural way of life. I became a vegetarian quite early at, at 14 and, and loved getting into plants and herbal medicine, just really doing self-study, started meditating and doing yoga as a teenager. I really just felt the calling to this medicine. And then when I got into college, I started studying psychoneural immunology, which is the science of the mind-body connection and how our emotions affect our nervous system. And I thought about going to medical school and just being an integrative care doc, a cool doc. <laughs> and things were just starting to change. And I realized if I went to Western medical school, I would spend a lot of times studying a medicine I didn't ultimately want to practice. So I took a leap of faith and went to Chinese medicine school. So I'm a licensed acupuncturist and board certified Chinese herbologist. At that time, going to school in the 90s, it really wasn't an established profession. It was still very unusual. And I, and I studied all over the world. I studied more than Chinese medicine. I also studied Vedic medicine and, and shamanism, and I'm a massage therapist and um, certified in the Rolf method of structural integration and invented my own massage method called the Auth method. You're in all of the things. <laughs> I'm in all the things and they all work together amazingly well. And this is really, for me, it's a, it's a deep passion and a, and a real calling. So it was quite easy to um, amass this body of knowledge because for me, it, it's just been an expression of joy. So I got into private practice. To be honest, I've had a wonderful time in private practice I, I love doing healing work. I love working with people and, and seeing their lives change for the better. 
it's immensely gratifying. I started within, let's see, about three years ago. And with my partner, Michelle Larvey, who has a background in finance and private equity. And I started within to help make Chinese medicine more accessible. So what I noticed in private practice was that even though insurance benefits had, had started to come along, which helped to democratize holistic health, that really it was still just too expensive and too hidden. People didn't know how to get started on their acupuncture journey. In New York City, the only place you would really see acupuncture was Chinatown, which for a lot of people is just too foreign. Most acupuncturists are up on the eighth floor somewhere. There's a high price point for your first session. People are afraid of needles. They're not sure if they're going to like it. And then they just pop an ibuprofen instead or, or what have you, you know? So what Within is trying to do and is successfully doing is really creating a more accessible model for acupuncture, really helping people understand how it works what it's good for. There's a multitude of reasons you would get acupuncture. So not just pain and creating a really accessible model. So easy online booking, open seven days a week, beautiful ground floor space that you can walk into and ask questions that's professional, clean, and inviting. So I absolutely love the concept that you have. And as I was preparing for this podcast, I went back to my emails because I had come to within, I'm in Boulder, but I was visiting New York and I had come to within, it was the beginning of 19. So I think you might have opened, was it at the end of 18? At the end of 18. And I had an email to myself that I had sent from Fast Company. And the, the title of the article was like the dry bar of acupuncture. And I just love that because I think as a consumer and as a business owner, I think there's such a, a need in the market for making it more accessible. You know, it, it feels like finding, how do you find an acupuncture feels so daunting and having something that is even just to your point, like on the first floor where you can walk in and it's beautiful space and welcoming and all those things. So congratulations on what you're doing. I'm such a fan and I loved coming back in 19 when I came to visit and had such a wonderful experience. Thank you. Yeah. And let's face it. We're all busy. We're just trying to squeeze self-care in where we can, if we're really going to be realistic about it. So as much as there's a convenient way to add self-care into your routine, that's what we need to be doing. Absolutely. So one question back to your beginning story. I'm curious, where did you grow up and do you remember kind of what those first triggers were that interested you in going vegetarian or any of these kind of Eastern philosophies? I grew up in Seattle and I made a friend that was from India who was a Sufi. And that was one of the first triggers was really finding out about Sufism, which is really based on peace and this whole idea of spirituality around food. Once I got to Chinese medical school, they talk you out of a vegetarian diet. <laughs> <laughs> so that lasted about 10 years. Um, and, and really it's about understanding the energetics of food and, and when it's right to consume certain foods. I think you're so lucky to have found your calling at such a young age and then be able to manifest it in the way that you have today. 
Thank you. I, I do see myself as a, as a manifester. I noticed one of your questions was, what is your superpower? And I thought, well, that's my superpower. I can manifest. That's a great superpower. Can you talk a little bit about At Within, um, what your approach is to wellness and how you really look at kind of that holistic view? So we are therapies based on Chinese medicine. So we are acupuncture, cupping, and herbs. And in ancient China, you saw your doctor when you were well, and your doctor kept you well. If you got sick, your doctor had failed you, and you would go for free. So a lot of the work that we're doing at Within is, is really shifting this allopathic model of reactionary medicine and, and getting people to think more about their health in terms of prevention and treating things like fatigue, poor sleep, poor digestion, too much stress before these things get worse and become digestive diseases or treating tension before it becomes pain, treating stress before it becomes something deeper in your body or creates chronic inflammation. And I was so excited because we've been open for about three years. And in the beginning, the, the number one reason people would come to see us was pain, stress, and digestion. And we just did a survey asking people why they came in and the top three, still pain and stress, but the third one was prevention and general wellness. Wow. And I was so happy to hear that because for me, that was just a tremendous success of what our mission is. You know, what I noticed as um, a holistic health practitioner in my private practice is like a really typical customer journey is that somebody comes in and they're complaining about lower back pain, but then they start getting acupuncture and they start having all these side benefits. In Western medicine, there can be so many side effects from the various treatment, but, but with Chinese medicine, we have lots of side benefits. So they're coming for acupuncture and or herbs, and they're noticing that they have less stress. They have more energy. They, they sleep better. Their digestion's better. And because of that, they're a better parent or a better spouse or a better friend, or they're just living in more joy. And so as the low back pain or whatever the primary reason was that originally brought them to this medicine subsides, they continue to come because of all these wonderful overall benefits. Well, I think it's amazing the shift that you're seeing of that preventative medicine, that reason, because I think so many of us just for whatever reason is there's that friction that you don't go and do something until something is wrong. And the idea of just going for overall wellness is such a shift in our feeling today of, of how health and wellness are just at the forefront of conversation that it, it really hasn't been over the last couple of years. We're definitely in an age of wellness. It, it makes me very excited as a, as a wellness lover and consumer. Me too. Uh, you know, I, I can get healthy food on any block now in New York City and it's, it's just the best. But also we're really in the age of anxiety, yeah. you know, and, and people are very aware of their anxiety and how their stress levels are impacting them and are looking for natural solutions for that. So for people who are coming in for overall wellness prevention, how often does one need to come in for acupuncture or cupping or any of the different healing modalities that you offer? Is that a once a month? Is it an every week? What do you recommend for people? 
I know that's a blanket statement because there's so many reasons you could come in. It's a great question because it is one of our educational battles is that acupuncture is not something you've done. It's something you do. And I would say a typical customer journey, if you're coming in with a chronic condition or a chief complaint is, is really to get acupuncture once a week. And gradually your symptoms symptoms should start to subside with each treatment. And depending upon how long you've had that chronic condition or how severe it is, will determine how long you need to go weekly before feeling better. And then when you're coming in to maintain, I would say, again, it's a customized answer. If you have a really intense job or or a lot going on in your personal life, you may really benefit from weekly treatments. In general, I would say the ideal is to get acupuncture once a week. The minimum is to get acupuncture once a month. And as women, just to keep our cycles running smoothly, great idea. And then somewhere in between is your reality. There's going to be weeks that you're traveling, or maybe you find that you get acupuncture and you're good for, you're good for two weeks. You know, I definitely encourage people to really listen to their bodies. You should know your body better than anybody else. So notice how you feel after an acupuncture treatment. Notice how long the effects last and what your needs are. I think that's such an important thing of knowing what your body needs. And so many of us really don't and don't have that like moments where we listen and see how food affects us and all that. So if someone is new to really listening to what their body needs and what it's saying, where do you tell someone to start? You start with having those moments with food or having acupuncture and really like paying attention. How does someone pay attention? After you eat breakfast, notice how it makes you feel. After you call a friend on the phone, oh, oops, I just dated myself. After you see a friend, (laughs) (laughs) you know, how does that person make you feel? So just constantly having a feedback loop around your daily activities and how they make you feel. And it can be as easy as just doing a check-in. If it helps, you can close your eyes and do a body scan starting at your feet and just feel yourself physically, feel yourself emotionally and mentally and start tuning into how you feel. In the beginning, sometimes it helps to keep a journal and start tracking these things. And then soon it just becomes second nature. I, I think it's good to go and see experts. I see experts all the time, but, but ultimately we need to know our own bodies and, and be empowered and, and trust our instincts. Yeah, I remember back in the day when I was doing nutrition counseling and starting with clients, we always did a, a week of food journal just with your breakfast and had like different types of breakfast to say, you know, some people are better with carbs, some people are better with protein, et cetera. And really taking the time to write down because you forget after you may have consumed something and then you have a moment's thought of how, how you felt. But I think to your point, really keeping that journal and writing it down so you can look back at the end of the week of how all the foods and activities made you feel. 
Yeah. And maybe there's a mental shift in there too. I think sometimes people feel disempowered that the expert knows more than they do. So it might just be a mental shift of empowering yourself that you can know your body and you can know it well. So let's dive into a little bit about acupuncture and acupressure, because I know that's something that you do too. So if you could talk a little bit about what the difference is between the two of those. Sure. So acupuncture is the insertion of hair thin needles into specific points on the body known as acupuncture points. Whereas acupressure is there's no insertion. It's just pressure on the same points. And there's a few different ways that you can get the pressure. You could see an acupuncture therapist or, or massage points on your own, just using your hands. We like to empower people with acupressure because it is relatively safe and a wonderful DIY home solution for various ailments and optimizing solutions for your health. So we have ear seed kits. So in Chinese medicine, the ear is a microsystem of the whole body with dozens of pressure points that do different things from relieving stress to neck pain, balancing hormone levels, helping with digestion. And ear seeds are a little gold bead on a clear plastic sticker. And you can put them on various points in your ear to activate them. When they're activated, they send messages to the brain that alter your brain chemistry. They're not in the skin. They're on the skin. They're totally safe. Really they look beautiful. Yeah. We have Seraphic <laughs> crystal ones. So they can, they get through lots of, there's bling. We have some pearl ones as well. And some neon ones, if you want to get a little funkier. So, so they look great. It's look good, feel good wellness. And you leave them on for three to five days. They'll work on their own, but you can also press on them to give them an extra boost. We do them complimentary at the studio with acupuncture treatments. And then we have a home kit. It comes with a map, everything you need to start using ear seeds right away. And then we also have an acupressure mat. So it is a mat that you can rest on the floor on a chair and it has little uh, plastic spikes and it feels really good on your back or, or various muscle groups. A lot of people who are training use it like on their quads and their IT bands and their hamstrings. I just love lying on it at the end of the day. And there's a little bolster pillow that I'll put on my neck and base of the skull. And I just like lying on it. It resets the nervous system. It gets all my tissue to relax. It stimulates circulation. So it helps to loosen the tissue similar to a massage. And we came out with the acupressure mat during the pandemic when, when people were at home. And because when we went into lockdown, the first thing I thought was, well, we treat a lot of chronic pain. What's everybody doing now? You know, how could we come to the aid of our clients? So we started launching things like the acupressure mat to offer home solutions for pain. I don't know if this defeats the purpose, but can you also put the acupressure mat on your chair? So if you were, you know, working at your computer all day, would it be helpful if you sat? Yeah, there's or not really. No, really, definitely really. And you can put it in the car for like a long road trip and it feels really good on your hips and your lower back. I would say the only difference is when I'm in the car, I'm, I'm going to probably be wearing more clothes than when I do sure. it. 
And the thinner the clothing is, the stronger the sensation. But I think it also works in the car because I'll, I'll do it for a longer period of time. Usually I also like to take the pillow and put it on the floor below my chair when I'm working. And if I'm at home and I'll, I'll kick my shoes off and I'll use it on my feet. That's Ooh. one of my favorite ways to use it. And we have an instruction manual with all these different ways that you can use it. And then we're always really surprised to see what what people are, are, are th- coming up with because there's really a million ways to use it. And, and you just figure out where you're tight and where your needs are and, and what your lifestyle is. And it, it fits right in. That sounds great. I think I, I'm going to need to get one of those for sure. What would yeah. you say for the ear acupuncture are some of, some of the top benefits and what do you call the individual seeds? Yeah, Yeah. I would say the two uh, most popular points are stress and hormones. There are two points called Shen Men and Point Zero, and you can use them together, the, the stress and the balance hormone points. It's amazing for the mind. You just feel great. I've given lectures before where somebody's going around the room and doing these points and it's amazing how quiet the room gets, but <laughs> everything just calms right down. But, but also the ear is, is there's a point in the ear for every place in the body from your knees to your elbows. And it's commonly used for pain and it's great for pain. And it's really a nice adjunct, especially if you're going to acupuncture, it just gives it a little bit more and a little bit more sustained relief. So good to do in between maybe your acupuncture appointments. Great to do in between. All right. Sign me up. (laughs) So (laughs) another one of the healing modalities you offer is cupping. It would be great to talk a little bit about the benefits of cupping and then to go into face cupping, because I know that's also something that you offer at home as well. Sure. So cupping is the application of suction cups on your body. And body cupping is typically done on the back and shoulders or on the large muscle groups of the legs. And cupping is like a reverse massage. So in a massage, you're pushing down on the tissue to stimulate circulation and loosen up musculature. And with cupping, it's lifting up on the tissue It's giving a slight stretch to the muscles and the fascia and it's increasing circulation. And so it helps to relax your muscles and it feels awesome. I've always thought in my career, well, cupping is one of the stranger things I do. And, (laughs) but people become instant addicts. Yeah. Because it feels so good. People always say it feels like it's sucking all the bad stuff out. And it is because it promotes detox. (laughs) So So when you have darker circles, does that mean that it's working harder or is that not accurate? So the cup marks, first off, just to demystify a little bit, a lot of people refer to the cup marks as bruises and I think of them more like hickeys because they're not tender to the touch. They do not hurt at all. You would not know they were there. You may or may not get cup marks after a session. I think people always assume they're going to get them. What the cup marks mean is it is fresh circulation flowing to an area in which the circulation was somehow impaired. And either it's a place where things were a little tighter 
or it could be a place where there was more toxic buildup. If you get cup marks, it's actually a really good sign that you needed cupping. They can last three to seven days. I recommend putting some Arnica, which is a homeopathic ointment on it. I recommend drinking a lot of water and getting some cardio, just getting some circulation and just flush those, those toxins right on out and get everything moving. So in terms of cupping versus massage, do you think that cupping can just get works in a different way with fascia than massage can, or how do you think about the two in, in tandem to one another? Yeah, I think cupping is really nice for areas that are just really stuck and stubborn because you put the cup on, you might leave it on for 25 minutes and it's just eventually the person is going to say, okay, you win. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I give in. Yeah. And then I just think it's also really good for detox. We do cupping in conjunction with the acupuncture. We use them together. And then with massage, it's hard because there's so many different types of massage, but, but yeah, pretty similar. I would say one thing that cupping does also, in addition to relaxing musculature and promoting detox is that it also helps to clear phlegm from the lungs. So it's traditionally used when you have a cold and you're coughing and you're coughing up phlegm or you have bronchitis, you can do cupping on your upper back and it helps to clear that congestion. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's something you wouldn't, that would be harder to achieve with massage. Face cupping. Yeah. That okay. into face cupping. <laughs> face cupping is a totally different animal. So you're not going to get. You're not putting face. fire on your face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that, that actually that's another thing to speak to with the body cupping. So so originally ancient cupping was done with a glass cup and a flame, and you put the flame inside the cup and you pulled it out, and it was that was how you achieved the vacuum. But but today we use plastic cups and a suction. So there's no flame. So there's no risk of of burning someone. And with the suction gun, you could really control the exact amount of suction that you want. And oftentimes as the muscles start to relax, the cup might fall off because the contour of the tissue changes. And so if you're using a glass cup, it's a liability that it could fall on the floor. Sure. And, and, and with a plastic cup, you don't have to worry about that. Face cupping. Yes. No flame. face cupping. Um, and also, I don't know if you do facial rejuvenation as well, because yeah. yeah. I just had that done and I was like, wow, this is super interesting and cool and relaxing. It changes your life. It's like with facial rejuvenation, which is facial acupuncture. And it's, it's done on the face to stimulate collagen, stimulate elastin, but it also relaxes the muscle, the muscles of the face because it's really all the tightening in the face that creates wrinkles, but facial rejuvenation just changes your life because you walk away and you're like, you had no idea you had so much tension in your face and all the ways that we hold our face throughout the day is so indicative of how we feel. So it's just an incredible release and you look great after talk about it. Feel good. Look good. there. <laughs> so love that. And facial cupping is using, using facial cups on your own. So they're, they're like a little suction cup with a little bulb. Think about like a Turkey baster bulb. And you put a face oil on, and then you take the cup, you squeeze the bulb, and then you release it and you've got the cup up against your face. And that's what creates the suction. And then you glide it along your skin. 
So you'll start like at the midpoint of your chin and then glide up your jawline, or you'll start towards your nose and move along your cheek towards your ear, or you can do it on the forehead and move back and forth across the forehead. You can suck and release along the eyebrow, along the neck. And A, it feels wonderful. B, it stimulates collagen. It stimulates elastin. These are anti-aging molecules. Collagen is production is going to be really great for filling in wrinkles. Elastin is going to help to firm and tone the face so you have less sagging. It's also, again, going to release the musculature because it's really the tight muscles that create the wrinkles. It gives you a glow that I would say is immediate when, you know, as soon as you're done with your face cupping routine, which can be as short as five minutes, or I think some people do it in front of the TV and might do 15, 20 minutes, which is great. I love doing that myself and just getting into all the little nooks and crannies in my face. It feels incredible. And it's just a really great home hack for beauty and wellness. How does the facial cupping compare to say guayasha or however you say guasha? Yeah. Yeah. We also have a couple other beauty tools. We have the face roller and the gua sha. The face roller, I really like to put in the fridge or the freezer. And then I like it for puffiness. I like it for just cooling the face down, especially the around the eye area. The cool roller is really nice. We also have a rose quartz eye mask that, again, I like to keep in the freezer. And at the end of the day, I put the eye mask on my eyes and it just feels so good because screen time. Yeah. You know, running a company and doing emails and all this stuff. So the eye mask is also really nice. Now, gua sha, the gua sha and the cups, I'll be honest, those are my favorite. Those are the ones I use the most. So you use um, both of them and go back and forth. I use, I use both of them because I find the gua sha, I, I, I can travel with it. You know, I can keep it at my desk. It, 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 it's so easy. So basically what a gua sha is, is it's a piece of, originally they were made out of jade. Ours is made out of rose quartz. You can put on a product like a serum. It doesn't need, to, it's not like cupping where it needs to be a, an oil or something with a lubricant. So you can really get the slide with the cup. It, it can just be more a product that you want your skin to really absorb. So I usually use it with a serum. And it is a tool to massage your own face. Again, feels wonderful, increases collagen and elastin. I find the cupping to be more powerful, but I find the gua sha to be more portable and easy to use and super simple. So with the cupping, I might do it like three times a week, whereas the gua sha, I I might do it actually, to be honest, a couple times a day. Oh, wow. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying a couple times a day, like for 20 minutes. I'm sure, just, saying, just like oh, sitting there at your desk, you know, like in the morning, I'll put the ceremony and I'll get it. You know, it's, it's, it's quick, but it's, it's just, it's, um, it's just a wonderful, really easy tool. If you don't have gua sha, definitely get a gua sha. That okay. will do. There's so many yeah. things we have to yeah. get after this. <laughs> so <laughs> talking about more things we have to get after this, let's get into your herbs. So I know that you're an herbalist. Herbs are a huge part of your practice. And really that focus inside out is so important with the herbs that you provide and you have so many different ones. So let's dive in to your kind of philosophy on herbs and having both Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine, and then some of your, your favorites. 
So first, just a little bit about herbs. So herbs are really the oldest medicinal system on the planet. So every culture across the globe had a system of plant medicine. Our ancestors, no matter where you were from, your ancestors, they looked to the plants around them and they would eat them and say, that makes me feel tired. That gives me energy. That helps me when I have a cold. Oh, that one's poisonous. Don't eat that one. And they passed that knowledge on generation to generation. So what we have today is a lot of systems of herbal medicine that are geographical and Chinese herbs is, has the largest body of herbal knowledge out of any other herbal medicine on the planet. So it has the largest index of herbs and a very complicated way to complex way to use them and to blend them together to achieve great results. So a lot of what we're doing with, within herbs is taking time-tested classic traditional Chinese medicinal blends. We are making them organic for the first time, which was really important to me because I knew where all of us acupuncturists were getting our herbs and it was that we, no. they weren't organic, which I think, or because these are plants the same way we're all buying organic strawberries and organic broccoli, we need to be buying organic herbs. So that was super important to me. And then because we are not tied to the herbs that are in our backyard and we can really access herbs globally, I've taken a lot of these traditional Chinese formulas and then said, well, what would Vedic herbs do for that? And Vedic herbs is the herbal system from India, which is also just a very beautiful system of herbs and, and, and Western herbs. So herbs from Europe and North America to create blends that are really potent and really effective. They are in tablet form. I found as an herbalist, one of the most important things about prescribing herbs to my clients were, was to give them something that was convenient mm -hmm. because herbs only work if you take them and they're not condensed into like a shiny blue pill, the way that pharma is, they're not made in the lab. So they're whole plant material that is dried and compacted. So I often found that you need to take them in larger doses. So ours come in tablet form. And for most of them, I recommend taking two, three tablets. And for some of the formulas, you might want to take them more than once a day, depending on what's going on with you. We have 10 blends that run the gambit from digestion to sleep, to immunity, to allergy and skin. So what is, let's start with immunity since that's always on everyone's mind this last 18 months. What is in your immunity blend? So the immunity blend is, there's a very famous Chinese herbal formula called Yu Ping Feng Song or Jade Screen. And in a traditional Chinese restaurant, they put a jade screen right in front so that when you walk in the front door, you have to walk around it. And they do that because they believe that ghosts can only walk in straight lines. And so it keeps the ghosts <laughs> out. So it keeps the evil out. And so Yuping Feng Song or Jade Screen is a traditional blend of three herbs, Huang Qi, Feng Feng, and Bajur. And that's astragalus, which I think has become really well known in America. And some lesser known herbs, Sila root, which is really great for immunity. And Attracta lotus, which is really in the formula because it helps with digestion. And that's one of the beautiful things about Chinese herbal blends is that there's often an herb in there that 
isn't necessarily directly connected to what your chief complaint is, but might be there to help the formula itself work better. So that's really in there to help with your digestion so that you can really utilize the nutrient in the formula. And then I added reishi mushroom to this, which is a known immunomodulator, and it's also adaptogenic. And I like that because I find a lot of times we get sick because we're actually just run down and we're stressed and this sort of thing. So our immune blend is called Can't Touch This. <laughs> and we gave all of our blends fun names. So taking herbs doesn't feel like a chore, but feels elevated. I personally take this blend and I've, I've taken it before I had the within blend that is organic and it's amazing, especially as a mom, and you're just constantly around germs. And, and as a working mom, this formula has saved me many a time. I am taking it right now. We all know that there's a lot going on out there. So it's a good time to keep our immune system in check. And I also really like this formula for travel. So I'm sure another popular blend of yours is your stress blend. The stress blend is our most popular out of the studio in New York City. And I would say online, our most popular blend is Gut Check, which is for digestion, gas, and bloating. So Run the World is, it, it really utilizes both Chinese and Ayurvedic herbs. And it's an adaptogenic blend. So adaptogens are things that help your body adapt to various situations as well as adaptogens work in different ways, depending on what you need. There's a lot of adaptogens that can help you wake up in the morning, but they can also help you go to sleep at night, which is pretty amazing. So run the world is really for anger-based stress and fear-based stress. Because what I found as a practitioner is that when people are complaining about stress, it's really this bucket term that can mean I'm angry, i.e. I'm frustrated, I'm irritable, or it can mean I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm overwhelmed, I can't sleep at night. So this formula really does both. So it's really your catch-all mental health formula. But in addition, I know earlier we were talking about side benefits. This formula is also just a great daily herbal vitamin that is going to help keep your cycle in track. It's going to help with energy. It's going to help with immunity. It just makes you feel great. It makes you feel calm, cool, and collected, but with the energy you need to do your day. I find that we're not stressed because we have nothing to do. We're stressed because we have so much to do. So the last thing I wanted to do with my stress blend was sedate people so that they couldn't get their... <laughs> their day accomplished, you know? So this formula is also nootropic. It helps with cognitive function and so that you can really tackle your day, but feel calm, cool, and collected doing so. So as you think about this formula and stress from a Chinese medicine perspective, what other tips do you have as far as dealing with stress as something that we are all dealing with and so much in the forefront of all the conversations? I could tell you all the usual things, meditation, yoga, herbs, acupuncture, creating your home sanctuary, finding time alone. I think that it's really important to step back and not take it so seriously and not take yourself so seriously. 
to really get yourself out of the game for a minute and realize the broadness of time and to step out of the moment. I love that. So as we talk about from a traditional Chinese medicine perspective, as we're coming in to the fall and autumn now, how I know that traditional Chinese medicine looks at really living with the seasons. And so it'd be great to quickly go through what that autumn season means from that point of view and how we should, or any tips that we should be doing differently going into autumn. Sure. And autumn happens at slightly in a slightly different time, depending on where you are in the country. But if you think of it as the weather starting to get colder, one of the ways that TCM looks at diet is really a way to balance your body throughout the seasons. So as the weather gets colder, you're going to want to eat more warming nourishing foods. Now, different foods in Chinese medicine have different properties. Some are considered warming, some are considered cooling, but also the way that you prepare foods gives it more warmth or more cooling. So in summer, which is the most yang season and the most warm season, that's your time to have your fresh fruits that are raw, your salads, your juices, these kinds of things that cool the body down. And Chinese medicine warns about, you want it to be cool, but not cold. So, so Chinese medicine isn't that into things that come out of the freezer. It doesn't want- Not too many smoothies. Yeah, or, or if you're doing the smoothie, definitely not adding ice and, and let it sit for a little bit before you drink it, you know? But yeah, watching the icy drinks, watching the ice cream, that kind of thing. And so as we move into the colder climate, you're gonna wanna eat more things that are cooked, particularly roasted gives things a lot of warmth. Eating more root vegetables, which are considered a more warming, heartier vegetable than maybe the leafy greens you've been eating for the last three months. Meat is more warming than seafood. Lamb is the warmest meat. So if that is part of your diet, then, you know, moving more to that and away from the seafood. And then winter is the most yin season and it's considered very introspective. It's a less social time than the more young summer. I think fall and especially the holidays still very social, but wanting to be mindful that your body is starting to want to retreat and have more, more reading nights. So maybe honoring that and, and setting aside a reading night here and there. Well, I think all of those things definitely tap into our earlier conversation about tapping into what your body is wanting and listening to that. Cause for sure the weather getting cooler, you, we all start craving those more warming foods. If we're really listening to our body. Correct. Yeah. So, your body will tell you what you need. You just got to get quiet and hear it. So last question before we move on to some rapid fire, I want to also talk about your new studio opening with health quarters. If you could talk oh, yeah. a little bit about that, cause it's super exciting that you're expanding and this is such an interesting collaboration. Oh, it's so exciting. I mean, I really could do the whole podcast. <laughs> we'll have you back for that. Our partnership with health quarters. So our original location, our flagship is in the Flatiron district in Manhattan on 22nd between fifth and sixth. And we just opened a new location with a partner called health quarters. And that is in NoHo on Broadway in Houston. So just, just north of Houston. And 
the center is so beautiful and there are primary care physicians there from Mount Sinai. There is a physical therapy partner called Jag One. Candid is there doing orthodontics. Smile Lab is there doing dentistry. Really wonderful yoga therapist is there. Her, her business is called Yoga Physical and she can correct postural alignments with yoga. Really great nutritionist and a really great chiropractor. And we're all working together for the needs of our clients. So really learning what everybody does and cross-referring. And this has always been my dream as a practitioner. And I've wanted this for decades. And I actually did attempt to work in a integrative care setting 20 years ago, but I was just ahead of my time. The, the doctors, Definitely. you know, but, but now Western medicine is, is, is really open um, much more than it, it has ever been. And a lot of that is really because we have so much more science behind acupuncture and herbs. There's just so many more studies that you can't deny that acupuncture is good for a multitude of conditions from PCOS to IBS to colitis, migraines, you name it. So it's really getting that information out there so that doctors know when to refer to us and, and how we're trained, even, you know, letting them know that acupuncture is trained for three to five years, that we have a lot of biomed in our background and, and can really communicate effectively with the Western medical community to understand what they're doing and they can understand what we're doing. And all of this is to achieve the best results for our clients because we're going to work so much better as a team where we have various tools and various perspectives that can work together. They say like if six people witness a car accident, everybody sees something slightly different. Yeah. You know, this is kind of the same thing where you have a multitude of perspectives and they're all right. So is the goal for you to, and for health quarters to open up more locations? Are you wanting to open up more within locations or what's kind of next for the business? Both, to be honest, both. Yes. You know, we will stay tuned then on that. Onward, upward. All right. So moving to our rapid fire Q and a to finish out our podcast today. What is your favorite essential oil? Bergamot. Why? It smells really good. It's undeniable. I find it's one of those smells that is, isn't very polarizing. Everybody loves it. I love it. It relaxes the mind. It's good for digestion and it's good for pain. I find that it, it relaxes me, but energizes me all at the same time. I would say other oils that I like is like in the morning, I like to put like a rosemary or eucalyptus in my bath. And at the end of the day, I like a lavender, but bergamot I'll do any time day. Oh, favorite herb? Shatavri or Tianmendong. Shatavri is a woman's best friend. It's from Ayurvedic herbs, but it, it but it's also used in Chinese herbs too. It just has a different name, Tianmendong, asparagus root. It balances hormone levels. It, it is great for your skin. It's in our skin formula. It's adaptogenic. It's anti-anxiety. It's something that every woman should take throughout their entire lives. Yeah. Check it out. I think we already have the answer to this, but your superpower manifesting. Oh, yeah, manifester. Yeah. But thanks for making me think about that. That was great. Your favorite wellness hack. I mean, body work. I, I love getting body work. I love going and seeing a great healer and, and getting amazing body work. You know, it, it's luxurious, but Hey, makes you feel good. Yeah. 
three random things that you're currently loving. I just tried this new tea from Good Pharma and it has a lot of TCM herbs in it and I really like it. I just finished White Lotus. I'm a little disturbed, but it was a good ride. And you know what? I got a Peloton during COVID and I'm on that thing first thing in the morning. I love it. And then I got one of these shaking platforms and I do my arm weights on the shaking platform. And I love that. What do you want more of in your life? Ease. What do you want less of? Friction. A meal that you'll never forget. Grilled lobster. Where was the grilled lobster? I make it myself. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. It might be one of my favorite cooks. (laughs) (laughs) Go you. What's your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Always taking myself into account. Wonderful. I love that. Well, is there anything else that we haven't touched on today? I'm sure there's plenty we haven't touched on. And and I'd love to ask all these questions of you because you're (laughs) incredible and look what you've done. Well, where can listeners find you? Uh, within.com, WTHN.com. Our IG handle is the same, WTHN. My personal IG is Dr. Sherry Auth, but I'm not that in- active on Instagram, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not a big social media person. I'm an in-person person. Nice. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This is so wonderful to have you. And I know personally, I'm going onto your site and picking up a couple of things to be sent to my home. Enjoy them. Check out our candles too. Our candles are really nice. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.